0: morning, church. Worship our King.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
2: make us holy ground. Lord, that the flames of your
3: presence would come and fill this room like on the day of Pentecost, making this our holy ground in this place right now. Yes, Lord,
2: be here. Change.
1: Show us your glory. Come on and sing it. Show us your glory.
3: His grace, His love and mercy is never ending. Amen. Would you all just have a seat for just a moment? Today we start the reading of Advent and we're lighting the candle of hope. And Advent is that season, 25 days leading up to Christmas. And you will see behind me on the table that there are some candles and each week we will light a different candle. Today we light the first candle. It is the candle of hope. It is a candle that reminds us of the coming of Jesus. You know when someone is coming over to your house, you know, you get excited, oh, my friend is coming, my family is coming, and you do all of these things to to get ready. You know, you think what what needs to be done? You need a you need to freshen up the bathroom with some, you know, good spraying stuff. You need to light a scented candle and put the dishes in the dishwasher or in the sink where they can't be seen, amen. You want to get your house ready. You turn on the lights and you practice hospitality. Advent, these 25 days before Christmas, it is also that same type of preparation. We are celebrating the arrival of Jesus as a baby in our midst, and we look forward to his return as the soon and coming King. This year, We center our thoughts on Hebrew 13, 1 and 2 that reads, Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. On this first Sunday of Advent, we light the candle of hope. The prophet Isaiah announced, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. A simple act of hospitality is to leave a light on, a candle in the window, a lamp by the door, a light in the bedroom, a night light in the hall, because illumination guides the eyes and the steps. Showing the way to move forward, a glimmer of hope in times of darkness. So I ask, where is it deeply dark in our world? Who is behind bars of shame and addiction? Who is stuck in the darkness of death or despair? Is someone lonely or afraid? Who feels hopeless, confused, and in the dark? Arise. Shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. In him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. For it is God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Who believes in Jesus? You who believe in Jesus are the light of the world. The light of hope is in each one of you. In this Advent season, let us be the bearers of light as we entertain strangers in our world. Would you shine light? in dark places. Would you punch holes in darkness and offer the hope of Jesus? Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. For we give glory for the God of hope.
1: i so close.
0: on what our sister just said and who he came to be as our hope. You and I are to be that hope in this world, amen? So we sing this song together. The song says, if more of you means less of me, take everything. Let's sing this together, church. To this world you created Trading a crown for a cross You willingly died Your innocent life paid the cost Counting your status as nothing The King of all kings came to serve my feet and covering me with your love. If more of you come on, less of me, take everything. Sing it with us. Come on, it's our message. Say, Yes, all of you is all I need. Take every. We're gonna sing that again. Say, If more of you if for of you come on sing it take it
4: You have given it all God you have given it all Lord so we ask we ask we plead with you God may we not become numb to your words may we not become numb to your love for us God we may may our hearts not become stone in your presence Lord God we just ask Lord that you help us to not have a hidden complacency in your promises, Lord, but rather to have a known Lord, a visible hope in your promises, God. Father, we hope so we continue to praise you. We hope so we continue to glorify you. We hope so we continue to give it all for you, God, because you've given it all for us, Lord. We hope so we trust you, God. We thank you, Lord. You know every heart you know every burden in this room, God, and we hope, Lord, that you will bring us through it, God, just like you have done it before. Lord, thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We love you. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Wow. Let's just give it up for our awesome and mighty God. Come on, church. Yes. And let's take this joy now and extend it to our neighbor and say hello. So, good morning church. It is so awesome to see you here this morning. Y'all are so awake and so vibrant and it is so awesome to see you. Did y'all, I hope you guys had a really happy Thanksgiving. I know I had a great time. That turkey was was pretty filling. I enjoyed Amen. it so much. Good morning, good morning. Yes.
0: Good morning, my family. Good morning. Hey, we want to welcome you into the house of the Lord this morning. Mm-hmm. And as Lena had mentioned, all recovering from that... Um, all the from all the turkey goods i'm sure we're all up to here with turkey
1: yes
0: (laughs) right Uh, if y'all are done with the turkey leftovers and if you've had all the turkey tacos you can take and turkey sandwiches afterward (laughs) uh, we're all done with that i know we get it we're all in the same boat hey church uh, my name is pastor michael romero i am your worship and arts pastor here at new beginnings
4: and my name is Lena Mazaranich. I am a volunteer for our youth group and also on our worship team.
0: Amen. Hey, can we can we celebrate our volunteers? <laughs> Amen. Just people like Sister Lena and uh, our volunteers who have set up our stage and have begun setting up our mall area for Christmas have done just an amazing job. But uh, we couldn't do it without our volunteers. So we want to thank all of our volunteers and people like Lena who are just. Uh, Say hey, I need you here in this area lena says I, can I, I volunteer here 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 here, here, and here and here and here and here, and, here. and so that wherever we, we we need Lena, so we love you, Lena, thank you for your serving heart. Thank you, thank you so much uh, uh, hey church, Just a few announcements before uh, Brother David takes uh, the platform here today, but well, we want to catch you up just in a couple of things that are, that are going on. I know we've been t- touching on a, a few things. Talk to us, Lena. What's going on?
4: Oh my goodness! Well, yeah, it is that time of year, it which is. is- Every time of year. Every time of year. <laughs> We're back at it again. We um, We have so many wonderful events going on mm-hmm. this month of December. I know we're at the end of November, but we're already getting the ball rolling on everything. And, church, we just want to remind you that we have Angel Tree going on right now. I believe they have about 50, 50 kids left. And so mm-hmm. if you haven't picked one up or if you want to pick another angel up, we, they have the booth right out in the mall. You can <laughs> grab one today. Um, just remember that those angels are due back by Sunday, the 4th of December, which is one week from today, church. So we uh, we want to thank you for just continuing to support the, our youth, uh, not only within the church, but also outside of the church as well. That's it is right. so important that we share that love with them. And um, we also have our God's Warehouse is doing their toy giveaway, their uh, toy drive. And so if you have any gently use toys, or if you want to get some new ones, that will be perfect for those children as well. And on top of that, Frontline Resurrection is also doing their coat drive, which is so cool. I know I have I have a lot of winter coats that I need to get rid yeah, of. So, few, yeah, yeah <laughs> I've, I've given just a few, yeah. I've given a couple because
0: I mean, every year we kind of go through what's, what's making our way from this side of the closet to the back end of the closet, right, yeah. and so we and that 's kind of what we do at my house and so we get the bag and say, well, what are we not using this winter and so this winter we we got a few coats and but church we want to we want to encourage you to do that and so if you have some coats, some toys, um, and the angel tree initiative it 's just so important because of how how much hope speaking of hope that brings to families, uh, we please encourage you, please. Please, please, please take, uh, take an angel with you today. And it's a very important. As you mentioned, I'm, I'm going to hit that one more time just to not to sound like a broken record. But if you took it, if you took an angel with you, please make sure and return it with a gift. Okay. Yes. Don't just say, okay, I brought the angel back the way they told me to. That's cool. But bring it back with that gift yes. for, that, for that child yes. that they have asked for it. Okay. And so... If, if you have that angel and you want to, please, if you cannot provide that gift, please bring it back and we'll re-gift that to, to somebody else. But, church, we encourage you to, to help us in those initiatives for our outside ministries. And thank you for those who have brought those gifts back. Thank you so very much for that.
4: Yes. yes. On top of that, church, yeah. we would also like to start um, sharing with you our dates for our December events here at New Beginnings on the on friday the 16th at 6 p.m we're going to be having our christmas social pastor mike what happens at our christmas socials
0: uh christmas social so christmas season is in full swing now it is official with the christmas trees up it is official and so christmas season is in full swing for us at New Beginning, so that means our Christmas social, our Christmas program, right? Which this year, our Christmas program, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about our Christmas social, but our Christmas program is going to feature the kids this year massively. So it's going to really be focused on our kids. But going back to our Christmas social, it's really, really cool. If you weren't a part of our Christmas social last year and you did not attend, I promise you, you probably heard about it. Because if you missed it, then everybody was like, man, I can't, were you there? It was really, really cool, because we had um,
4: jazz band: that's right we
0: had a jazz it was band so cool. we had the jazz band, we had a five piece jazz band, and they're going to be back this year. so we had a jazz band uh, which are going to be back this year, and it's going to be just hot chocolate, mm-hmm. some hot tea, some coffee, um, and some baked goods and it 's really just a time for the family, and i 'm talking this family just to get together and fellowship yes. that is it there's nothing else about it it's just a time for fellowship so what do we do we get together and we just i talk to you you talk to me and then five minutes later we see somebody else and we say hey i haven't seen you in a long time and hey hey oh my gosh there you are you know we get to connect with people mm-hmm. that otherwise sometimes we don't meet in between first and second service and we we kind of miss each other and we meet new people we get to talk to new people we we get to talk to our old friends. We get, so it's just a really good time. So we invite you to please, please come in to that fellowship time. And that's going to be December the 16th. That's a Friday night. So if you don't have any plans on December the 16th, 6 p.m., we invite you. Please make your way. So we're going to give some, have more information on all these events that we're talking about. But what else is going on? We have the Christmas social. We have our Christmas program on the 18th, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's a Sunday night. Yes. And of course, we have our Christmas Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Uh, what day is that? Mm. Uh, oh yeah, the twenty fourth. Yeah, that's, that's right. The twenty right. fourth. That's yeah. right. The twenty fourth every year. <laughs> and then <laughs> the twenty fourth every year. And then Christmas service this year lands on a Sunday, right? Yeah. And this year, and this year, Christmas service is going to be live streamed for you guys. So. As opposed to coming into the house, you're going to be able to stay in your house this year and enjoy your service at home this year. So we invite you to please tune in this year. So make sure that this year you remember that on Christmas Day, you're able to stay home and watch our service alive Mm -hmm. from the comfort of your couch. Yes. Well, not necessarily with your comfort. Well, I remember when we did that for Easter a couple years ago in the middle of COVID, my family and I, we set up our four t- chairs right in front of our TV, and it was just an amazing time for my family and I. Mm-hmm. So we invite you to do something just like that.
4: Yes, and and the service times on Christmas are going to mm-hmm. be the same as they are every Sunday, 9 and 11 a.m., so that's right. we're excited.
0: Yeah, that's right, and if, if you can't make it that day, we, it's going to be available for you on demand afterward as well, but we invite you to please, please make sure to to tune in live at 9 and 11 with us, okay? And then on the 28th, what's going on on the 28th, Manny? It's a really special service. It's a lights of remembrance service. Tell us a little bit more about that.
4: So the lights of remembrance service is going to be one where we are able to just remember our loved ones mm-hmm. who have passed on, who have gone to be with the Lord now, and they get to walk with him and talk with That's him. That's right. So we're going to have tables set up right here in front of the altar where you can bring photos of your beloved family members or even friends. And we're just going to have a time to remember them and to remember them with the Lord. That's
0: Wednesday, the 28th. And last year was the first time that we did that. So if you have a picture of, of, of a person that you say, man, you know what? This is a person that we lost. Maybe not, maybe not this year, but it could have been that you lost them in the last 10, 20 years. And you say, you know what? This is a person that I want to, I just want to honor this year. Um, Some people just brought one, two pictures, you know, um, of a a person that they lost in in the last 10, 15 years or maybe the last year. And it's a candlelight service and we invite you to participate. That's going to be Wednesday night the 28th. So December is just a time for us as family to just be a family and do what family does. Remember our loved ones, fellowship, and of course, always come together and celebrate the coming and the first coming right of our savior Jesus and it's, it's going to be just an awesome christmas time and then today today is a time for you also i just i'm going to throw this out if if you're here for the first time or maybe for like the 100th time and you've not ever had a chance to meet the pastors one on one we invite you to do that today and so today is meet the pastors right after our baptism service which is today immediately following this service. And so if you've never had a chance to just kind of see what life is like on this side and kind of where we came from, where our ministry started, right, where we give you a little bit of history, kind of where our ministry started and kind of get to know us on a little more personal level, it's going to be today at 1230 in room 106 in our conference room 106, right outside our sanctuary. Here and to the right, and we invite you to do that. It's no registration needed, and it's a light lunch. So if you guys want to go in there and just have some light snacks, some little bit, just a light lunch. We're not going to get you super full in case you had other plans, but we want to invite you to do that. Uh, You get to just get to know us just a little bit more.
4: Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And again, church, we just want to thank you. You are the church, and we would not be able to do this without you, without your faithful. Tithes and offerings, and so we just want to—I um, mean, church, we cannot thank you enough. <laughs> we would not it. be able to keep the lights on in this building, and we certainly would not be able to keep them on outside of these four walls. You so know,
0: I—I I, I mentioned something on Wednesday night, uh, Lena. That by the end of this year, if you weren't here on Wednesday night, I, I mentioned this. That by the end of this year, church, if you—if you're not aware, by the end of this year, we will have given be have given out 144,000 pounds of food by the end of this year to this community that needs it ever so badly. And that's just because of the once a month uh, food distribution that we have. That's not even including the Tuesdays and Thursdays that we give out on a weekly basis. That's just the once That's uh, we're going to give out over 200,000 pounds of food to this community. And that's because of what you and I have done. That's not including what you and I do across the world with human trafficking and with the crisis in Mexico and everything else that you and I are doing, how we're impacting the world, you and I are doing that. And so we encourage you to keep giving and to be faithful and obedient with your tithe. And if you've not done that, we invite you to do that and participating in doing so. And how do you do that? You can give that electronically. And if you say, I want to be a part of what this church is doing, we invite you to do that. The ways to give are behind me on the screen. And if you're not aware how to do that, we can help you with that. No worries. Or you can write a check. You can give cash. Our gift, gifting boxes, our tithing boxes are located at the doorways in the sanctuary. Or you can give digitally on our app or online. Easy and safe and secure all the way. So we invite you to be a part of that. And thank you. Again, just like Lena mentioned, thank you so much. We really couldn't do it without what we do. So thank you so much, church. Why don't we give a round of applause to what you and I are doing in this community. It's impacting the lost and dying world. We really are. And with that, anything else, Lena? I know that was a lot. That was. That was a lot. But But we're always doing a lot. But church, with that, we turn over the platform to our speaker today. Why don't we welcome our youth minister, David Sanchez, to the platform.
5: Thank you guys very much. How are we doing this morning? Doing good? Man, we're awake and alive. I'm loving this. Man, I felt like first service, it was like I didn't have enough caffeine in my system. Now I might have a little too much, but hey, we're, we're doing good. I'm, I'm glad we're all awake. Um, youth, you may be dismissed to the youth area. Um, our, our brother Chris Camarasa in the red hat over here who just took off, he's going to be uh, teaching today, and we're real excited to see what God's going to do over there. And also, uh, if, if you're here for baptisms, um, then you can also now be dismissed to that class Uh, Do we have anyone to usher them that way? No? Uh, Brother Eddie, would you mind, uh, Pastor Eddie, would you mind uh, pointing our baptism people to the right classroom for us, please? Uh, So anyone who wants to get baptized today, follow Pastor Eddie. Uh, Give a round of applause to Pastor Eddie. And if anybody else hasn't made this, wants to make this decision today, I don't care if you don't got clothes, I don't care if you don't got a towel, we have that stuff for you. If you want to make that decision to get baptized today as well, then go right through that door, find Pastor Eddie. He should be in the next room over on the right-hand side, and I mean, let's do this, man. I, I love baptisms, it's always, uh, and it's always a joy, church, to, to be a part of a congregation where we don't just celebrate it with our applause, but I mean, we're doing this right here after service, and we're, we get to be there, and we can encourage our new family in Christ, and, uh, you know, I always use that word family to describe kind of this community, this congregation, because, come on, you all know, that's what we are, you know? And I just love it so much. And so I want to encourage you to please hang out after service, and let's encourage our brothers and sisters who are joining the family and making this amazing decision. Uh, and so without further ado, hi. Oh, yes. I'm sorry? Uh, Pastor Mike should be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. No. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Eddie. Appreciate you. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So, church, today is the beginning of Advent. And I'm really excited about Advent because I'm kind of a nerd about Jesus and the church and all of it, really. Um, And one of the things that I think is really cool is Advent is a season that is celebrated not just by us here, but generally by the capital C Church. Are you with me? Uh, did, did anyone here come from like a Catholic background before they made it into New Beginnings? Yeah? And so you guys have kind of heard about Advent before. You're, you're familiar with the seasons, with the motions. What I, appreciate, what I appreciate about this is, hey, we're all on the same page right now. Like how many of us know other Christians that go to other churches? Just by show of hands. I think a good amount of us, yeah? And so when it comes to us living out this life and learning how to love others, how to do it together, hey, we all have some common ground to talk about now. It's like, dang, Hey, I, I know you go to this church. What are you like? I, but I don't. I want to talk to Jesus. I want to talk with you about Jesus, but I don't know how to do that. Hey, what's happening in Advent? There you go. And I, that's why I love this season so much. And so when Pastor Richard asked me to to preach uh, for today, he had told me to pick you know one of the beginning parts of the Gospels. You know the the Gospel story, the the Christmas story. And I was in my study, kind of just reading through all the Gospels, looking at them side by side by side by side. Uh, you know Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And I noticed something really interesting. Each one kind of starts a little differently. Uh, in, in the book of Matthew, you, you get the genealogy of Jesus and then a little bit more about the Christmas narrative, and that's about it. In and, and Matthew, or that, that's in Matthew. In Mark, you kind of just get straight into Jesus' ministry. Uh, The Gospel of Mark is known as uh, a really fast-paced gospel. It uses the word immediately more than any other book in the Bible uh, because it's fast-paced. It's just right about, like, what did Jesus do? That's the book of Mark. The book of Luke goes really in-depth and tells us a little bit more about John the Baptist, a little bit more about Mary, a little bit about uh, Elizabeth and all of them, and it's such a fascinating read. But the reason that I settled in John today is because this, I think, gives us a huge preference to, a a huge preface to the weight of what we're dealing with here. Because John is just part of the Gospels uh, that is the first part of the New Testament, right? The Gospels are New Testament, and then there's other things, Old Testament. And if we remember the beginning of the Old Testament, it it begins similarly to the book of John, right? It's in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And here we have the book of John, a very same thing, in the beginning, Right, And what's fascinating about this to me is I just get the sense when I read this, when I study it, it's like John is so compelled to use this language because he's telling you, hey guys, everything's about to change. Everything that we just understood about who God is and who we are in relationship to him and how to live life with him, how to fellowship with him, that's all about to change. One of the first uh, characters that we get in the Bible is Abraham, right? Father Abraham had many sons, many sons. Uh, That's such a fun song. Um, What's it called? I I used to always dance to that one. I'm about to start doing that here. Uh, So Father Abraham had many sons. We all know that story, right? Abraham was, in essence, the founder of what would later become the nation of Israel, right? Uh, In Genesis chapter 12, we see God calls Abraham to go away from his land and to go begin the work of establishing this nation. God makes a covenant with Abraham. Later on, we see uh, Joseph, who is a descendant of Abraham, you know, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Joseph. They're in Egypt. All the family catches up with them. They outgrow, or they grow in huge numbers, and now the, uh, the people, the Hebrew people, are enslaved. Moses is the one to lead them out of Egypt. Remember, we're on the same page? Yeah? Doing good. By the way, anyone seen the DreamWorks, uh, King of Egypt movie? The best movie ever. Like, I don't care, like... What kind of, like, movies you're into? Prince of Egypt, the best movie. Uh, But anyway, so Moses, after Moses, we then get them back. They're heading towards a promised land, and there's a lot of stuff going on. After Moses, let me pull up my notes right quick. We get David, right? David is the next main figure in the Bible. He comes up around the book of, I believe, 1 Samuel, yeah? He's in 1 Samuel. And from there, we get a big account of the kingdom of Israel, right? And... The word kingdom is important to remember when we're reading these gospels because Jesus is always talking about the kingdom, right? Like the kingdom of God is, is here. That's the kind of stuff that Jesus came to talk about. And it was so big the way that he was changing things because you see the understanding by most of the Jews at the time was that Jesus was gonna come restore the kingdom of Israel, right? But he's not concerned about the kingdom of Israel. He's concerned with the kingdom of heaven, right? That's why this book is so important. That's why this introduction is so long. That's why I just keep talking so much about this context, because everything is about to change for us. Can we get John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1 up on that screen? He writes, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He existed in the beginning, with God, and God created everything through him, and nothing was created except for through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to, the, to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So if you guys have met me, you'd know like I said earlier, I'm kind of a nerd about, about the Bible, about the scriptures. Uh, when I was at Bible college, I just loved the inductive studies. Like they teach you how to, you take one single verse and you can write ten pages about that. Like I love that kind of stuff. But as I was preparing for this, I'm like, I could dive into the Greek over here and explain to you what this word exactly means. I could dive into the, the Hebrew uh, equivalent of what that means according to the Old Testament to tie all, connect all the dots, but I'm like, no, this is much bigger than that. I, I, I was praying about it, and I'm like, God, how do I explain how big this is? And I realized what's hard for me is that idea of God as the Word, right? How many of us, when we, when we think of God, we immediately think, oh, Word, right? Like, that, that doesn't really pop into my head. I'm, I'm, I kind of grew up with just Jesus, Father, Son, Spirit. Where does this Word fit into the Equation, that's not something we talk about a lot in the church, but what I want to give you today, in essence, is kind of a little piece of artistry to communicate what this means for us. Is that okay with you, church? There's, there's this poem um, written by Isaac Wimberly. It's called The Word, and I'm going to share that with you because this is just the closest I could come to explaining to you the glory of our God, what it means for this word to become flesh. He says, if there are words for him, then I don't have them. You see, my brain has not yet reached the point where it could form a thought that adequately describes the greatness of my God. And my lungs have not yet developed the ability to release a breath with enough agility to breathe out the greatness of his love. And my voice, you see, my voice is so inhibited, restrained by human limits, that it's hard to even send the praise up. You see, if, if there are words for him, then I don't have them, church. My God, his grace is remarkable. His mercies are innumerable. Strength is impenetrable. He is honorable, favorable, accountable. He's unsearchable yet knowable, indefinable yet approachable, indescribable yet personal. He is beyond comprehension, further than imagination, constant through generations king of every nation but if there are words for him church i don't have them you see my words are few and in trying to capture the one true god using my vocabulary will never do so i use words as an expression an expression of worship to our savior a savior who is both worthy and deserving of our praise so i use words and my heart it extols the lord blesses his name forever he has won my heart captured my mind and he's bound them both together he's defeated me church in my rebellion he's conquered me in my sin he has welcomed me into his presence completely invited me and he has made himself the object of my sight flooding me with mercies in the morning and drowning me with grace in the night but if there are words for him then i don't have them, church but what i do have is good news for my god knew that man-made words would never do These words are just tools that we use to point to the truth. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, the word, as living proof. He is the image of the invisible God, firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, giving nothingness formation, and by his word he sustains in the power of his name. He is before all things. He is above all things. He reigns over all things. Holy is his name, so let's praise him for his life, church. The poet continues to say, the poet continues to say, the way he persevered in strife, the humble son of God becoming the perfect sacrifice, praise him for his death, that he willingly stood in our place, that he battled the enemy, that he lovingly endured the grave, he battled the enemy, and on the third day he rose in victory. He is everything that was promised, church. We praise him as a risen king. We lift our voice and sing, for one day he will return to us. We will be united with our king in victory for eternity. So it's not just words that we proclaim, church, but our words point to the word, and the word has a name. Hope has a name. Joy has a name. Peace has a name. Love has a name, and that name is Jesus Christ. Praise his name forever. This is the word. This big, long poem that just took me forever to read is what needs to come up in our heads when we read that four-letter word, word. And the reason for that is because once we understand the fullness of the word, the fullness of who this God is, then this next verse means everything. John chapter 1, verse 14. So the word became human. And he made his home among us. And he was full of love and unfailing love. Or he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father and of the only Son. This word, this spirit, this idea of the greatness of the power of of this God became man, took on flesh. Y'all ever wear a jacket that doesn't fit you? Doesn't feel great, huh? Can you imagine being able to do whatever you want? Jesus himself said, if I could, like, if, if I was here to do this, I could call on angel armies right now. You know? But that's not the kind of guy he was. He was a humble guy. He humbled himself in that. And he lived this life that through him, by his stripes, we are healed. Through his life, death, and resurrection, we have it all, church. This is why Advent is so beautiful to me. This is why this season is so gorgeous. I I came in today, and I was like, when these Christmas trees get up here? And I couldn't help but, like, I started choking up a little bit because those lights, they're beautiful, you know? Those volunteers that put them up, they worked hard, right? But we're all here, not just because we like lights, not just because we like volunteering. We're all here because we know Jesus is the reason. Jesus is the reason. And through this season, we celebrate the fact that through him, love is born, hope is born, peace is born. Born, everything that our heart longs for, church is born in this man in Christ. That is why we celebrate. Um, I don't know about you, church, but I'm gonna be real with you. Uh, I don't like Thanksgiving food very much. I know that seems like a, like an abrupt change of conversation, but I promise I'm going somewhere with this. Like, and my mom's sitting like right here, and like she made things, and I ate it, like, and it wasn't bad, but like. I, I, it's just not what we eat, you know? Like, since when do we make green bean casserole? We're from Mexico, you know? Like, that's just not me, you know? But, <laughs> green bean casserole, okay. But you know what, Then enchiladas with the leftovers from the turkey, fire. Come to my mom for the recipe. She'll, she'll show you how to do it. Anyway, I don't like Thanksgiving food very much, but I sure love giving thanks, church. I sure love giving thanks, And it hit me one day when I was reading the book of Romans chapter 1, Paul talks about how the, the wrath of God is being poured out against all unrighteousness, right, against all ungodliness. And one of the key phrases in that passage, he says, it's being poured out because they did not honor God or give thanks. Thanksgiving is one of the spiritual practices that needs to become core to our hearts as we follow Christ as we seek to live like him. But here, the the thing we got to understand, though, is just how Christ was willing to empty himself of some of this privilege, empty himself of some of the stuff that was going on for the sake of doing what he's got to do. We, in our thanksgiving, me and my thanksgiving at least, I'm like, sure, I'll eat this food, but I'm just glad to be here with you. And so, church, one of the things I want to encourage you to do is as we talk about christmas as we explore advent as we dive in deeper let's understand that there's a lot of people out there who really don't like this whole jesus thing right there's a lot of people out like sometimes i'm literally just sitting there and someone will be like you're wearing a cross i don't like you and i'm like wow okay cool nice um and very often one of the critiques i hear is like you know jesus wasn't even born on december 25th i'm like okay cool But we're giving thanks anyway, together as a church. You know, that's what matters, that we can set aside all these silliness and come together, church, and say, hey, God, we are all here because you placed us here for a reason. Church, I want to show you this verse that when I read it and I just thought about a few things, God really just changed everything. It's in Matthew 22, Jesus is talking with some people, And they're asking him all the fun questions about the law, about morality. How do we live this life, right? And in Matthew 22, beginning at verse 37, Jesus simply replies, Hey, guys, this is all all you need. He says, You you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second and equally important commandment. Or a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets were based on these two commandments. And I think that's so interesting, the idea of the entire law and all the prophets. Uh, like I, I know my boy Nate right here in the second row. This guy's a big theologian. He loves looking into the law of the prophets. What does this stuff mean to them, you know? And what does that mean for us now? And you see the law and the prophets in the Old Testament. These were basically safeguards given to people to make sure we were following God, right? And so every time laws were given, it was like, you have to do this because this is how we love our neighbors as ourselves. This is how we love the Lord our God so much with all of our mind, heart, soul, and strength. And you see that Jesus connects this to the rest of Scripture in saying that by you doing this, by you loving God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength, by you loving your neighbor as yourself, you are in right relationship with God. This is how we do it. And what's even more beautiful, church, that I, that I think about is if you look at some of the imagery of, of Scripture, we see that we're called to be imitators of Christ, right? Like that makes some sense. Um, how many of us call ourselves Christians from time to time? I know I do. Um, yeah. The, the word Christian is, means little Christ, like Christ, you know? And the Bible commands us to be like that. Paul in um, chap, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, he, urges the church in Corinth, imitate me as I imitate Christ, right? And what I keep thinking about is two things. Number one, I've never met Paul in my life. Um, You know, he, he wrote a lot of the Old Testament, but there's not a lot of accounts of how he lived his life. But we have the Gospels. We can look at how Jesus lived his life so we can learn to imitate him directly. More than that, not only did he live, die, and rose again, but he's still living. So we don't know Paul, but we know Jesus. And so, in our pursuit to live like Christ, in our pursuit to love others like Christ, we've got to understand that we are called to be imitators of Christ. Here's a second thought here that I thought was really interesting. I was praying one day, and I was just thinking about like, what does it mean for me to be here right now? Because, and I mean that like literally, what does it mean for me to be here on the pulpit right now, talking to you? Um, fun fact about me: I have ADHD which means sometimes I hyperanalyze everything and I'm just like thinking, 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 overthink, overthink. I know some of us can relate. Um, And I get down to this point of like, why am I, like, why did, when God created everything, he knew at some point churches were going to have some guy standing here saying words to people. I'm like, why? Why does this work? Why is this effective? And I realized this idea of imitation kind of trickles down. It's a matter of leadership. You see, when we follow Christ, Christ is our head. He is our leader, right? And we are to imitate the leaders around us who are also imitating Christ like that. And then I kept thinking and praying about that, and I realized something. You know what? Jesus was the greatest leader who ever lived. I truly believe that. And then I kept sitting with that thought, and I kept asking God, like, "Teach me more. Teach me more. This is so cool. I'm learning so much." You know? Um, and God said, "I felt God tell me something." He goes, David. Here's something I need you to realize. We lead out of who we are. We lead out of who we are. So me being here, standing in front of you, I'm leading out of who I am. Right? Like Pastor Mike made fun of me earlier because he said I'm wearing bowling shoes. Like, yeah, sure. I wish they were bowling shoes. Like, that'd be kind of cool. But like, this, this is just who I am. I'm leading out of who I am, you know? Like, you see my hair is a little messed up. This is just, just how I am. You know, I'm leading out of who I am. And Christ does the same thing. And so when Christ says, love your neighbor... As you love yourself, I would argue that means that's because that's what Christ does. That's who Christ is, church. And I could go on and on and on about the logical ways that we can communicate what a profound thought it is. This is the idea of Jesus Christ, of this God becoming a man and living this life for us to learn after, but... Again, I keep coming to God, and I'm like, where do I start? Where do I go? And we keep coming back to these thoughts. We lead out of who we are. And so I think the best thing I could tell you, church, is look at my life. Look at what Christ has done for me. Because what does the Bible say? We shall overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. I was praying about this. I was thinking about this this whole sermon. Last night, I couldn't sleep thinking about this sermon church and i was just like god what's going on you know where do i start and then god was like david we're preaching on love on how god who is love became man love is born we're, we're here in advent we're talking about how hope is born right and through that god was like david in what ways am i trying to mold you into love and that's when I realized, oh, shoot, I haven't thought about that. Are you with me, church? See, again, part of my story is I got mad at ADHD. I'm a big overthinker. And I get so excited with all these thoughts, with all the theology, uh, with all this, like, where do we go? What do we, what do we do with this? This is so beautiful, all this knowledge. And I could go on and on and on, telling, giving you, like, a... Like a master's level thesis on this stuff, but that's not what it's about. What's, what it's about is how are we growing to be conformed to Christ's image? You see, like I said earlier, they taught me how to take one verse and write 10 pages off of it, but that didn't teach me how to love my neighbor as myself. What good is it if we become so heavenly minded that we are no earthly good church? And so I'm here to tell you this morning, that during this season of Advent, as we continue to dive deeper in understanding this Christmas narrative of what does the birth of the Savior of the world have to do with us, you know? As we're dealing with that, I believe that God is calling you deeper in to love. I don't think God is calling you to necessarily know more, to necessarily show everybody how much you know. God is calling you deeper into love. And so part of my journey with that was, uh, you know, my mom's sitting right here. uh, And what's it called? My mom and I recently have been having more conversations just kind of about family stuff. And what I realized through our conversations is, hey, this tells me a little more about me, about who I am, you know. And I realized looking back, like, dang, I've never dealt with this. This is a lot. Again, church, we lead out of who we are You know I I call you guys family a lot, right? You guys have noticed? I do that because, well, what what do you think we are? But also, y'all ever met Pastor Richard? That man embodies family. That man, when you're talking with them, it's like, oh, you can tell this dude sees you as a son, he sees you as a cousin, he sees you as a brother. He's created that. Again, we lead out of who we are. And so I've been sitting here thinking about all this and in the conversations with my mom and seeing how Pastor Richard ministers, I realized I've never dealt with the issues of my family. And that's why I'm not growing in love. You see, church, we are a family. And the more I get to know you, the more I realize how much we have in common. Like, I grew up without a dad. How many of us share that burden? I grew up knowing that my dad was dead how many of us share that burden i grew up seeing my mother struggle like it was tough some years man do you know what that does to a kid i'm sure a lot of you do i know a lot of you do but until we invite god god's love into that we will never be able to walk in the love that he wants us to love and so church I think as we begin to close all I want to do today, all I want for us is to understand this love that is born and to let's understand this together as a church. Um, I'm going to pray real quick and I'm going to give you all some instructions for those of you you guys who are able and willing. Try something a little new here. Um, I'm going to pray a blessing over us. And then I want us to, let's pray for each other. I want you to look around real quick. Just look around this room. How many of these faces have you seen, but names are drawn a blank? Let's change that today. I mean, we're all family here. How many of us have had some small conversations with others in this room, and it's like, hey, we're dealing with the same thing. Let's pray for each other today. So, church, I'm going to pray a blessing over us, and I want to encourage you, find somebody to pray with before you leave this room. Because it is in this work, it is in this, that we find God's love for us. It's in this that we discover over and over and over again that not only was love born 2,000 years ago, but he still lives in our hearts. Let's pray, church. Heavenly Father, I come before you just so in awe of your goodness and in awe of your love, Lord. And I just pray for everybody here, both in person and online, God. I pray that you begin to draw to mind the things that need to be brought to your attention, God. That you place those thoughts in everybody's minds, God. That everyone starts thinking right now, oh, I need somebody to pray with me for this. I pray that you begin connecting the dots and strengthening the ties in this congregation, Lord, and let's come together as a church and see what you have for us in this beautiful season. And more than anything, God, I pray that you be magnified and glorified above and beyond all things. It is in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. So church, you may be dismissed, but I'm challenging you. Let's pray for each other before we take off. And if you need prayer, come up to the front. The altars are open. I'd love to pray for you. We have plenty of other leaders here who'd love to do the same. God bless you, church, and we love you. Have a good week.